0: Hey everyone, my name is Al Gugliata and I want to welcome you to the Unlearning Project. This is my attempt to break down the origins of our thoughts, our attitudes, our behaviors, our biases, most of which have been imposed upon us by our upbringing. My main goal in this entire podcast is is to pivot from a place of self-judgment that we're all too familiar with to a place of self-curiosity. Thanks for joining. Let's dive right in. All right, we are live for Walking Contradiction. We're all walking contradictions in some form or another. Uh, My name's Al. I'm here with Virginia Elder.
1: Yeah, hey there.
0: Hey, Virginia. (laughs) So we've been talking about walking contradictions and how... That on the surface seems like such a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're a walking contradiction. That's like you're just flip-flopping on issues. You were for gay marriage. Now you're against gay marriage. And you're just flip-flopping. You're a contradiction. The polar opposite side of that is that a contradiction can be a sign of authenticity. Hmm. We're all walking contradictions.
1: Initially, what would trigger for me is that if I feel like someone's a walking contradiction... That maybe I can't trust them because they'll say one thing and do another, right?
0: Exactly. They're not authentic. They're lying right. or they're, they don't know what they believe or...
1: Or they might tell me something, but then tomorrow it's different. They've changed their mind already. Yeah. That quote saying that they're more authentic and we want to lean more into the authenticity. So that's interesting to me.
0: Just another way of thinking about it. So like a contradiction being like with your kids. Mm-hmm. And Louis C.K. has got a funny kind of joke. And he talks about how he loves his kids. Best thing that ever happened to them. They fell out of the sky, blah, 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 blah. I love them the dead. Yeah, I do anything for them. But since the day they were born, I resent every day that they've been in existence. <laughs> you know, it's like you walking around with these things where like, you, yeah, you love your kids, but there's times where like you want to jump in your car. And just continue driving and not stop. Or you want to just jump on a plane and go away for two weeks. Just be like, see you later. Everybody (laughs) take care of themselves. I'm out of here. You don't do it, but it's more of a thought process.
1: This came up for us recently because my son was asking, like, how old are you, daddy? And so he said Mm -hmm. 39. He's going to turn 40 this year. So he kind of looked at me and he was like, vacation? And I was like, okay, like, where do you want to go? It was kind of an exciting conversation Mm -hmm. over dinner, and the kids were right there. I didn't know if he meant like family vacation or what you know, and I was treading this careful water there because I promise
0: it to them and
1: yeah, yeah. I don't want them to get too excited. Yeah. And I was asking him, okay, is this mommy and daddy vacation or is this a family vacation? Just trying to clarify just so the kids could hear. And they were like, where are we going to go? If you guys get to go, that's not (laughs) fair. (laughs) And that's one of those things. It was like, you can picture all the great memories that would be made together as a family, right? And that sounds so compelling. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it sounds really great just to get away. Just...
0: yes. And just to be an adult and sleep in, not have to like constantly be thinking about overseeing children. Yeah, totally. I think
1: the only best case scenario would be if we could take like a trusted nanny or something with us. Yes. To where we could get best of both worlds. I don't know if that's possible, but.
0: And why is that not okay? You know, like a lot of people feel like that's not okay to say that. Going back to that quote, yeah, I'm a family man. He's a real good family man. I'm like, (laughs) so can the family man go away with his wife without the family? Is that okay? Does that make him not a family man? Right. It's just these weird definitions of what things are supposed to be. It's like all these taboo, like you were saying, how people preface (laughs) before they're about to say something.
1: Don't get me wrong. Don't
0: get me wrong. I love my kids. I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. I love my kids, but, yes. you know, and then they go on to say something disparaging. <laughs> right. That's like, why do people do that? You have to preface everything with...
1: We're always just trying to cover...
0: You know, I love my wife, but she's a real pain in the ass, you know, sometimes.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love my husband, but... Don't get me wrong. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. That happens all the time.
1: All the time. Pay attention yeah. to like how many conversations start that way and it will blow your mind. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that people do it in all different contexts. I'm so grateful to have my job. I'm so grateful to be employed right now, but like my freaking boss sucks and I hate it. And like every moment of the day I'm in pure state of anxiety and I wake up with like a panic attack. I'm like, why? Okay. But you're appreciative for your...
1: Yeah. Do you love your job that much that it's worth all of that? Like, I mean, a paycheck is a paycheck, but...
0: Yeah. Everybody's afraid to be Mm -hmm. a walking contradiction. That's the thing. It's like, They're prefacing things because they don't feel that it's truthful or authentic to say something. They're in this weird place where they just can't be open and honest about something.
1: It's so hard to just listen and not give advice. So that's something we all are working on. Just listen, just be the friend, be supportive, don't give advice, don't fix it. That's what we're all afraid of. That's, I think, why we preface like, okay, I love my husband, but I'm so annoyed right now. We're so afraid of that person jumping to, oh, you need counseling or you need a divorce or you need... (laughs) xyz
0: yeah so they're convincing you up front that there's nothing wrong in the relationship but here comes the complaints
1: yeah i'm happy (laughs) but i need to vent i
0: was here don't get me wrong
1: yeah don't get me wrong don't get
0: me wrong though
1: (laughs) i'm glad that's a phrase as well as texas (laughs)
0: yes it is it's more from new york but yeah it's yeah don't get me wrong i love my wife don't get me wrong i love my kids so I went through a bunch of these different things. One of the ones, the more you hate a trait in someone else, the more likely you're avoiding something mm-hmm. regarding that trait. That trait is something that presses a real button that triggers you, you know, mm-hmm. brings up anger, brings up resent. Mm-hmm. So for instance, for me, it's like any type of bullying. Anybody that has like a trait of being very in your face, aggressive, bullying, Yes. That brings up like a trigger for me. Me too. <laughs> and it, literally like my feeling is I want to like punish them. I want them to know that that's not appropriate. And I want them to know immediately. And I'm going to yes. confront them or ignore them, but I'm not going to engage. It doesn't matter if you're a five-year-old kid or you're 90 years old. Right. That personality trait in anybody, girl, guy, whatever, that triggers me. Yeah. Like if I see a kid that's like really misbehaved and like carrying on, I'm like, like it drives me nuts. Because to me, it's like they're bullying their parent.
1: Hmm. The bullying (laughs) thing definitely triggers me. And this is hilarious that you said that because I ran into this this past weekend.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. It's down the
1: street that we've had problems with. And it got to a point where they were like on my porch My son's in tears and there's still like some conflict going on. And I step outside and I'm just hot. You know, I'm going to take care of this. It was like this blameful interrogation kind of almost about some stupid toy. And I wound up telling that kid, get out of my lawn. Yeah. Go back down to the end of your street or I'm calling your mother now. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't know what else to do because I like – so for me, it brings up like, I almost want to hit the kid.
0: Yeah, you're infuriated, right? It's like a lack of respect, right?
1: Yes. Even to an adult, like even when I stepped outside, it was like that didn't even phase the kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was about to blow my yeah. top. Oh. Oh,
0: I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. It's, I feel the same way.
1: It's not just because it was my son. Like, there were other kids involved there, too. And I was mad about how he was treating them. Like, it was just this whole thing. But, yes, the bullying thing is big. And I don't know why. I really look back, and I don't think that I was ever directly bullied. So, I'm not sure where that came from. Like, I really tried to think back. Yeah. But there are other different little behaviors that I'll see in other people that trigger me. And then those I'm able to see, okay, that's something from childhood. Like I know where that came Mm -hmm. from. The bullying thing is interesting, though.
0: Yeah. Maybe just like lack of respect is better than the bullying term. Like somebody that's just disrespectful. Like when I was a little kid, I wasn't allowed to act that way. That was like completely unacceptable. And I knew it. Nobody was tolerating that crap. Yes. And so when I see somebody else do it, I'm like, Mm -mm. somebody discipline that kid. Or like, (laughs) like that you should be.
1: Where is this child's mother? (laughs) Yeah. It
0: pisses me off that they can get away with it. Like that. Me too. Okay. Me
1: too. And even the neighborhood kids, I'll speak to them and I'll look at them and say like, yes, ma'am. I'm expecting that you say yes, ma'am to me. I am an adult. Like,
0: yeah right
1: that's how we talk to each other i'll tell my kids something or they'll ask me and i'll say yes sir that's in the fridge you know i'm trying to share right. this mutual respect and yeah when i don't get that back especially like in a disciplinary situation i'm like
0: mm. right a little fire starts burning <laughs> i know yeah i'm the same way okay good i'm glad i'm not the only one. I thought, I'm like, why am I getting mad at kids? You know? like <laughs>
1: Exactly. I felt that way with that incident. I was like, okay, am I the crazy parent that's like meddling in the children's thing? Like, should I let them work it out? I was really questioning, right. okay, do I step outside? What do I do? Do I call their mom? What do I do? Yeah, it was weird. It was super weird.
0: Like most of the time I'm not around for it. So I guess I don't witness it, but I'm the same. If I'm there and I'm witnessing it, like it's hard not to get involved, right? Because you yes. feel it and you're like, something's wrong here. Somebody needs to be like put in their place.
1: On top of that, I want my kids to know that that type of behavior is unacceptable and that they don't have to be treated that way. That, that is a trigger for them to know hey, this isn't a real friend. This isn't someone that I want to be around. So it's, right. like, it's even more than that for me, looking at it for them. I want them to know.
0: There's a fine line there though, right? Because they don't want to have their mom, like in solving <laughs> all their problems exactly. and like, yeah, so like you're toeing a fine line. You want the kids to be able to defend themselves and yeah. like, mom, please don't get involved again.
1: You I know, know right? <laughs> like, don't save me, mom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure you didn't do that. That's the thing I think about. I'm like, oh, don't get involved too much.
1: Exactly. It's so hard.
0: I don't know if that's considered like a walking contradiction. It's more of multiple paradoxes in our lives. Like, mm. like the one True. that... Of course, we always go to that Instagram thing. But like, the more you try to impress other people, the less impressed they are. Yes. I think that's hilarious. Like, the result you're looking for, you're getting the polar opposite.
1: Yeah. Because the rest of us are looking at that photo going, Yeah. How real is this? What did you stage? What kind of, what are you trying to pull off here? And so we right. just feel deceived and we start to question and mistrust what we're seeing.
0: It's not authentic, right? Mm-hmm. The worst of it is if it makes you feel like bad about yourself, right? If you're like, right. Oh my God, my life sucks. What am I doing? They're on vacation all the time and they're all smiling and they're all tan and <laughs> all they're doing is adventurous stuff. And what the hell am I doing in my life? And right. every hashtag they have is, I have the greatest life and the most beautiful woman in the world. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, God, you want to kill yourself.
1: You know? <laughs> well, and that's the comparison thing, you know, that goes into other topics. It does
0: just very interesting like the more you try to impress like if you get like a fancy car not that I've ever had one but if I had a fancy car and I'd like show it to everybody I could just imagine being like nobody want to be around you like nobody wants to be around a braggart
1: and I've always thought that same way like about myself what you said if you get a fancy car and I'm trying to show everybody that they would pull back from me yeah but when you witness someone else doing it and you're looking around it it's almost like a trick that you're seeing because people seem to be initially attracted to that. So you're like,
0: initially, Wait,
1: what's happening? Well
0: it's the novelty, right? They're, yeah, it's the shiny objects, but it's not they're impressed with it. It's just something that's out of the ordinary.
1: Hmm.
0: I guess maybe some people are impressed by it. I think ultimately, you're not building like a serious like deep relationships with people by impressing them. Right. Yeah. You're getting like the glance, you're getting like the double take, you're getting attention. Right. You're not like really building a true like relationship.
1: And there's some hesitance there too, because, okay, you get a new car. Maybe someone does start a conversation with you and like, oh, what kind is it? What's this? What's that? Tell me about it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the conversation doesn't go any deeper than that. Like, where do you go from there? Yeah. I feel like there's still a disconnect there, even if That shiny thing that you're able to wave in front of someone's face started a conversation. Right. That's it. It's so surface level. You can't go anywhere with that because it wasn't authentic.
0: It's not a matter of like having nice things. I mean, you could have a nice car, you could have nice things, but it's the way you're presenting them. Mm -hmm. You know, if your sole goal is to try to impress other people with it, it just works in the reverse. Right. And then it goes into like, the more available things are, the less you want them. Mm-hmm. And that goes with like relationships. Like you always think about like when people are playing hard to get, like the more available you are, then you're not really that attractive. Like, well, I don't want you. You're available to everybody. <laughs> like I want the one that's rare. Right. Straight. But that goes to like relationships, but it goes with everything. It goes with, yeah. you know, that's why diamonds are valuable, right? They're rare.
1: Yeah. It's almost like you prefer to have to work for something instead of... You ask for it once, and it's right in front yeah, of you.
0: Yeah, like in sales, they could smell desperation on you, right?
1: Mm.
0: Like when you're a smooth salesperson, you act like you don't want the sale. Like you take it or leave it. Eh, the car sells itself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this.
1: I'm just yeah. gonna stand next to this Audi. Just
0: yeah, <laughs> right, nonchalance, right?
1: It'll sell itself. <laughs> The combination of social media and like you were saying, sales and stuff. Think about the direct messages from people that you don't even know that are inviting you to like a webinar or something. Oh, yeah. It's so salesy and slimy. You're like, I don't know you. And you're, Oh. oh, let's connect. And oh, you're interested in this. We have this thing in common. And pushing so hard. Like, I don't know you. Why are you messaging me? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird.
0: Right. I get a lot of, on LinkedIn and just through email, you get that, Yeah, you get those automated like kind of messages on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. You yeah. can tell, you mm-hmm. can smell it from a mile away and you're like, this is not authentic. This is not probably who that person is. They don't believe they're being contradictory, but they are just by using yeah. hand messages. Yeah.
0: There was another one that I wanted to bring up, if you're somebody that doesn't trust other people, mm. then other people are going to look at you like you're a person that can't be trusted.
1: Yeah, because I thought
0: was a weird dichotomy, right? Like so if like you're someone that I'm looking at like, wow, like Virginia just doesn't trust people, I could tell, <laughs> then like you're not somebody that can be trusted. Like the people that you trust most are the ones that trust not blindly trust everybody, but right. trust. like default is trust.
1: like trust until yeah. otherwise proven wrong. Is that the phrase? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Kind of like an innocent till proven guilty kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're trustworthy until you're proven not trustworthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I always think that's such a good trait to have to be trusting of other people as your defaults.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it, we all tend to think, again, with this like walking contradiction kind of theory, we all tend to think that you got to be skeptical and you got to be on your guard and you got to protect yourself and, you know, people mm-hmm. are out to get you. And, You know, everyone's trying to get one over on you. I'm like, no, I don't think that's true. And I'd rather like have a few people get one over on me and be trusting yeah. and be on my guard all the time and not trust anybody so I can protect against those right. handful of people.
1: Well, and think about how it feels to be around someone who is like that, who thinks that people are always trying to get them and pull one over on them. And yeah, it's like walking on eggshells. It damages those relationships that they're so skeptical about. But then yeah. even you being a witness that situation, it makes you feel awkward because you're like, man, why are you so skeptical and scared and fearful? Like, what's going on? Yeah. I feel like there's got to be something that they're carrying from their childhood or say, you know, something Mm -hmm. to trigger that.
0: It's interesting how all this stuff kind of bounces back in like the opposite (laughs) direction that you'd want it to go. Like if you talk about people behind their back. ah. you know, when somebody's telling you about somebody else and like, you know, so-and-so did so-and-so and, and, you know, so-and-so is cheating on so-and-so and and you are like, I can't trust that person now because what are they saying behind my back when I'm not around? Right. They're trying to make a connection with you by talking about someone else or gossiping and it's making you trust them less. Yes. And it's so interesting how that works. Like,
1: And so much of this stuff I think about, like, I'm very aware of it now, just exactly the scenario that you walked through, like, my feelings as I witnessed a conversation like that and what my reaction would be, but I wasn't conscious of this stuff in like middle school or high school or whenever right. it would have been really prevalent in my life. Like the whole secret thing. And
0: yeah, it feels like dangerous and good in the moment. Right. Uh-huh.
1: And I didn't know to react this same way when I was young, when it would have mattered how I reacted, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, I do.
1: It's interesting. <laughs> it's,
0: all this stuff is as you get older. So it just came to me, like the walking contradiction thing. I remember hearing somebody talk about like being an adult is the art of being a walking contradiction, that you're holding two opposing thoughts hmm. at all times without losing your mind. Huh. Like as you get older, you start to realize like people are going to die and people are going to get sick and it happens to everybody. Yes. It's a dark thought, but like you're holding that at the same time you want to hold hope for life and you want to be happy with your life and you're carrying both of these on your shoulder. Yeah. And in some weird way, that's a walking contradiction, right? Cause right. you realize the inevitability of death, of suffering of, you know, that kind of stuff, but you have hope for having like a good life and a good experience on this earth. And, and it's like a miracle that we're all here. Like we're floating on some piece of sand in the middle of nowhere,
1: that exact conversation for our family has come up, you know, of course this year with the pandemic and just all this crazy stuff going on.
0: Yeah. And you had a pet and the pet passing away. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's exactly what we've told the kids is like, everybody gets sick. Everybody dies at some point. I mean, you just don't know. Are you going to be 121 or are you going to be 40? You just don't know. Right. And that's why you have to just, live it up while you're here just have fun appreciate people enjoy Mm -hmm. things eat your ice cream slowly savor every bite like whatever it is
0: yeah like nothing's a big (laughs) deal right like nothing's really when it comes down to it nothing's really a big deal yeah
1: and you can see them like looking at us as we're trying to explain this and yeah what a crazy concept like for a little kid to just be like oh wow we're all gonna grow up and die
0: (laughs) right (laughs) Or even like on a smaller level, like as an adult or as a parent, parents are definitely walking contradictions because you're like, in one hand, you want to do everything for your children and you don't want to see them suffer at all. Yes. But on the other hand, you're like, if they don't suffer, they're going to be weak. Yes. And I'm doing them a disservice by not letting them suffer. So like you're holding both of these conflicting views that I can do everything for them. I could put them in this bubble. Yeah. You know, I could feed them. I could give them money. I could just protect them as much as I can. Or I could let them out in the world and have that fear and know that they're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And know that they're going to have to deal with like shits.
1: Yes. Well, and same thing with the bullying thing. Like, when mm-hmm. do you step in? Do How long mm-hmm. do you let them like try to handle it themselves? And yeah. Yeah. When do I say, well, make your own sandwich? And when do I say like, oh, I'm making a fancy lunch today?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just, again, It's you're, you're just walking this tightrope, right? It's sort of, you're just meandering <laughs> yeah. down this path and just trying to stay on it. And you're wandering off sometimes. and You're coming back to it. Yeah. There's, it's not a perfect science, it's right? It's so hard. It's definitely more of an art. It's like a dance.
1: Well, and I want to touch back on, you said, sometimes the people who are really the walking contradictions are the most authentic. Mm-hmm. Maybe... You say you're going to do something, and then you do the opposite. Well, maybe when you said you were going to do it, then you learned something more, and that's why you did the opposite. Yeah. Or, like, there's something that happens in the middle there that makes you change what you said you were going to do. Right. So maybe you read a book or read something online or talked to someone. or
0: experienced something. For whatever
1: reason increased your knowledge or expanded your awareness in some way that made you think and be aware and choose a different path than what you said you were going to do. That's a good thing, right? Like, don't we want to continue to grow and change and learn and make the best choices we can?
0: You do. And for whatever reason, it's taboo to flip-flop or like to change your view on a certain belief Mm -hmm. or subjects. Like I always think about, I don't know why I talk politics. I know nothing about politics, but I'll reference it all the time. <laughs> like politics, they talk about flip-flopping on an issue.
1: It's yeah, it's so in our face this year. It it's is. so hard not to. Yeah.
0: It is. Like how many politicians get chastised for like changing their view on something?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Somebody's against gay marriage, then they have this epiphany and now they're for gay marriage or they're mm-hmm. against gun control and then they, you know, they're for gun control. Yeah there's so many issues and then like as soon as they change their view everybody like just lashes them right see i told you they're not consistent mm-hmm. they're a walking contradiction they're just totally flip-flopping on issues you can't trust them they're putting trust along with being consistent yeah and being consistent isn't always someone that's trustworthy right sometimes it can be the opposite right if you're always consistent you never change your view even when you have sufficient evidence to the contrary that's kind of messed up. right? I don't trust people that will hold some viewpoint after that viewpoint being proven wrong or mm-hmm. they're just holding on to it and digging their heels in regardless of what evidence comes out for the contrary.
1: Yeah. Well, and we talked about it before. I forgot what it's called. When something comes up, then you start to see it all over the place. You know, kind of like say you're looking for a car you st- and then you start to see that car yes. all over the place. Uh-huh. So maybe that's the thing you say, oh, well, yes, I'm against this issue. And then you start to notice it and see it. So then you start to learn more about it. And then you're like, oh, okay, no, yes. I, I believe in this. I'm for this issue now.
0: Yeah, we were talking about it. Like when you look at one of those black and white pictures and it looks like an old lady, but then you turn it one yes. side or you look at it a different way. And it's like this young lady that's dressed in a... So you see like an old lady and a young lady, but it's just the way you looked at it. There's two pictures in one. Right. So you're just seeing something different. You're changing your view, like your perspective changed. Mm -hmm. And so now your belief changed. It's like the contrary of, again, somebody that's like religious, right? You believe this one way. There's nothing anybody's going to tell you that's going to make you believe something else. Yeah. Rigid kind of in your views, right? It could work the opposite way too. If you weren't religious... And you became religious, mm-hmm. you found something new. And for whatever reason, that was your new perspective. And now you believe that. Mm-hmm. I guess like the whole idea of this post was just, it's not a bad thing to be a contradiction. Mm-hmm. And we've always been told that we have to pick a point of view and you got to stick with it. And if you flip flop from that, then you're untrustworthy. And right. that's not right. Imagine teaching your kids that like you can change your views.
1: It's like I was saying, like that's yeah. the whole purpose of growing and learning and continuing to improve upon information that you already have, continuing to absorb and seek and find and yeah and grow and make choices based on that new information, not based on what you thought five years ago.
0: Yeah. And I think what people do with the contradiction thing is they actually put it into context where it's more of a behavior that's hurting or harming people. Mm. You know, so for instance, like you're a walking contradiction. If you say, hey, I'm in love with you. And no, now I'm in love with so-and-so like The Bachelor. You ever watch The Bachelor?
1: Mm. Oh my God.
0: Unfortunately, I have to say I have (laughs) or The Bachelorette. The most hilarious thing, the best parts of it for me are like at the end, they're down to two people and they're like, I'm in love with you. And they give them the ring or whatever. And literally the next day they wake up and they're like, no, I'm really in love with so-and-so. I'm like, holy crap, like you yeah. just changed your mind about the love of your life <laughs> in one night on a TV on live TV show. On a TV show. Like, that's a contradiction. <laughs> or like you just decide that, I don't know, like I'm not gonna be a parent anymore. I've decided that I'm not gonna be a parent. I it's not in my kids' best interest for me to be their parent. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's behaviors that harm people. Yeah. Obviously, those are not good contradictions, right? Right. But we're talking more from like just a, a belief system or a thought process. You could change your viewpoints on things without harming people. Right. I think that we mix those two together and that's where the contradiction gets its bad rap.
1: I think you're right. Because
0: yeah.
1: as a parent, if you're like, oh, well, I believe... We should speak in this way when we're disciplining. We shouldn't raise our voice or we sh- something. And then the next incident that happens, you're yelling and everyone's in tears. And it's a huge <laughs> blow up. I mean, clearly that's a contradiction of what you just said, your discipline philosophy was right. And you're hurting everyone's feelings, everyone's in tears. And so, yeah, that, right. I think that goes with what you're saying. I
0: mean, if you do that over and over and over and over and over, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody gets caught up in the moment. Everybody has emotional kind of yeah craziness going on sometimes. Yeah. But I think it's the people that do that over and over. And then,
1: and I think that's where you might, if you're a witness to that, Often, I think that's where you might feel like, I can't trust you because you will say this, but then the incident will come up and you'll be acting in a completely different way.
0: Yeah, you're continually just changing. Right. Saying one thing and acting a different way.
1: Or with the discipline thing. If you say, well, we want to discipline in this certain calm, cool, collected way in our family, that's a mature perspective, right? Like maybe you read something in a book that's... Helping you decide how you want to parent. But when your reaction is the reverted, Mm -hmm. just reactionary, just fly off the handle and flip your lid and scream at everybody, you're moving backward. Instead of that forward thinking way that you said you wanted to act.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like on the wife. I always think of like the worst things. I think of like a wife beater, (laughs) like a guy that like hits his wife and is like, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. And the wife takes him back and he does it again. And and you see like these like TV movies that.
1: Yeah. it's like the reversion of the behavior. You're reverting back to negativity instead of. You want to be a good person and this is how you want to act. So you say it. Right. But you revert back.
0: Yeah. And we're also talking about thoughts and beliefs turning into like violent behaviors or thoughts and beliefs turning into any type of behavior. Right. You know, to change your viewpoint on something, a lot of times there's no real behavior involved. You know, you could just think differently about something. Again, whether it was like, I don't know why gay marriage keeps coming up. You know, you're for it. Now you're against it. Or you're against it. Now you're for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you changed your viewpoint. You didn't hurt anybody in that process, mm-hmm. whether it's religion, whether it's, you know, your political views, whether it's your thoughts on global warming. You know, I didn't think global warming was real. Now, I you know, with the evidence that I've seen, I think it's real. These are all things that are just happening mentally.
1: Yes, it doesn't hurt anybody or doesn't impact anybody directly as long as you're not, working in the forefront of that issue yeah. or as as really the outspoken president. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as long as you're not yeah. 45
0: <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right as long as you do not have the finger on the trigger of things that are right yeah. if it's
1: just your personal viewpoint like in your home yeah it probably doesn't change any certain behavior but if yeah if in any way you are acting on that behavior or speaking out about that behavior, yeah, it can be hurtful to people.
0: So where I'm getting at with all this, with the vulnerability part of this, like we all have these contradictions. They're not all the same. We all have our own. But the more comfortable you are with like acknowledging that you have these, mm-hmm. the more vulnerable of a person you are, the more loving of a person you can be. Because what happens is if you're like I'm saying, I'm making the statement that everybody has these contradictions. If you're not aware of them and you're just going through your life hell-bent and telling yourself, no, I'm a good parent, and I'm a family man, and I love my kids 100% of the time, and da-da-da-da-da, and on and on, you wind up getting resentful towards your children because you're not even allowing yourself to like entertain the idea that you have this contrary belief of like sometimes I just want to get the hell out of here and I want to have an adult vacation, and I don't want to be around my kids for a while, that's okay, but I think when you force yourself to say that's not okay, it makes it worse. It's like right, you know when you're depriving yourself for so long of having a feeling, that mm. feeling becomes stronger,
1: yeah, you can't ignore and repress those feelings. You have to acknowledge them and and realize that it's okay to have them, and yeah. You can love your kids and still want some time away, like that's right. okay.
0: <laughs> you can be appreciative of having work but not like your job, right? you know or, you
1: can love your job, but not like your boss. That's okay,
0: yeah, I think it's important to know this stuff like it's important to be like reflective of yeah the things that you're you have mixed feelings like we, we're mixed about lots of things
1: it, there's so many of these things that maybe it's hard to say out loud or maybe. You hesitate to say it out loud because you'll be judged, but it's okay to have those feelings and think that way and, I guess, be contradictory in that way.
0: I consider myself an in-shape person, but, like, I go on vacation, I drink too much, or I'm, I consider myself to be, mm. there's so many things you can think, like, i an intellectual, but I fumble over my words half the time. It's like you're just walking around like you're, you're never the same person, you're never like this distinct character or that you think you should be.
1: or that you want to be, even mm, should. Yeah,
0: right. It goes back to the should.
1: Oh boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one that also that's very timely, and we've talked about that before, is like how much more connected we are with technology, the more isolated you become. Just having like one good conversation with somebody that you trust or some friends makes up for 20 stupid text conversations that you have with 20 different people. It's, it goes so much further to have like one mm-hmm. intimate re- interaction Oh yeah, than having all of these like online connections.
1: Well, because for one, all of those online connections are peripheral. You don't even actually know half those people. Right. And you're just getting these little glimpses of their life or comments that they make and you don't really know them. And so you don't know how true of a picture you're seeing, but when you really know someone and you're sitting in their living room, talking with them and your kids are playing together and that's a real connection, you know, you're getting the truth. You're in their home. Yeah. It's very different. Mm. I feel like. On social media, it goes back to the comparison thing. We're looking at how great someone else's life is and how clean their living room is and
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: how pretty their hair looks today. But mine's in a bun. And it goes back to maybe if you didn't have social media and you just had five solid friends that you actually saw in person, you're less likely to compare Or even if you did compare, you're only comparing to those five people. You're not comparing to hundreds of connections on social media. So it's like your pool is smaller. So you're less likely to feel bad about yourself.
0: No, I think that's true. Yeah. I I think there's so much more substance to like less communications with closer people and especially face-to-face, not that we're doing a lot of face-to-face these days, but like interactions that are more intimate go so much further. And the idea that like you could be in a crowd and still feel lonely is, is the, the point of the more connected we are, you know, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have this, you got Twitter, you're blabbing, you know, all day long on all these different platforms, but you've never like looked somebody in the eye and actually had a conversation for the day or, or like you just had 50 of these crazy conversations and you're so scattered. You don't remember any of them. And so you feel even more drained. You didn't get anything. It drained you. So I think that's the problem with being so connected, although, yeah, the positive is that you can keep in touch with people from afar and yeah, there's pluses and minuses.
1: Yeah, there are positives, but yeah, it's hard to, I think the energy thing is a big deal. And I think we're all starting to become so much more aware of that over this past year, the pandemic and not being able to go to each other's houses and stuff like that. Yeah. You're starting to notice like, oh, if I have five Zoom calls in a day, that wears me out. Like I can't do that. Yeah.
0: And if you don't deliberately like control your schedule, it just happens. I mean, you can put all the efficiencies you want in place, but if you don't stay on top of it, forget it. It gets out of control. Mm -hmm. Again, we talked about it before about like multiple emails, multiple voicemails, Facebook Messenger, Twitter, Instagram, like... Nobody can keep up with all this stuff, but people try, yeah. And so they wind up spending 12 hours a day, like just literally, like with thumbs on their phone, and like just, yeah, oh, it, I don't even do like half of that, and I feel like overwhelmed and just anxious.
1: Yeah, I'm in a little mastermind group, and the leader of it came up with this other app that she wanted to use to communicate. And so in our last call, she was asking, do y'all like the app? Do you want to do a Facebook group instead? What do you want to do? And I was like, no Facebook groups. Because if I open Facebook, I will be <laughs> like doing I don't know what. Whereas on this particular app, y'all are the only people on there. So yeah. it's a very... And it's business. So it's very like, oh, good. these are your three goals. Here's my win for the week. This is my focus for the month. This great thing happened to me today. Like it's very positive and goal oriented.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was my thing. It's like, don't make me open Facebook or I will get so distracted. That'll reduce right. my productivity. So
0: that's funny. You said that because that was my, that wasn't a resolution, but like January 1st, I like uh, deactivated my Facebook account. I'm like, I, I can't do ah. it. I just spent too much time. I yeah. did. I do exactly what you just said. Like I'll go on there just for a second. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's 45 mm-hmm. minutes. And I'm scrolling through other Mm -hmm. people's lives. And I don't know what what rabbit hole I went down, but I got lost in it. Yeah. And I don't feel good about it. It's like when I'm done with it, I'm like, just killed 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's been my... I don't know when I implemented this. And I'm not very consistent, but I do try. Is just... Start my day without checking email and without picking up my phone. I leave my phone where it was plugged in and don't check it. Oh, good. And by about 10 a.m. or so, then I check my phone.
0: What time do you wake up?
1: Like six.
0: So you got four hours without a phone. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> you, seriously. <laughs> well,
1: a whole hour of that is getting the kids ready and to school and getting mm. myself back and like eating breakfast. So some of it is not right. work. But the rest of it is. okay. But the magic is that I have those few hours to do my first task of the day. Like, what's the most important thing I want to do today? Let me just get that done. And let me not get consumed in news or an email or a request from someone. Like, let me take care of me first. That's been really helpful.
0: That's great. So yeah, it's contrary to what you would think. Like, you feel like the more connected... Like the more love you'd feel, like the more, Mm -hmm. you know, the more intimate you'd feel with. And it's just the eye, you feel more isolated. It's a strange thing.
1: Yeah. I feel more scattered and...
0: Distracted. You Like your mind can't focus on... It is. It's scattered. They say that's like one of the best things you can develop with your minds is to be able to focus on one thing and not be distracted continuously. Mm. Bar none, that's like one of the best things you can have as a mental quality for productivity. Because as soon as you start flipping around, like you're just not getting anything done. Yeah. Thinking about five different things. And the one thing you're doing, you're not really focusing on.
1: Right. Well, and contradicting myself, like I'm not saying I don't get distracted. If my phone buzzes or whatever, I do pick it up. And then 30 minutes later, I'm like, Oh, crap. What was I supposed to be doing right now? Oh, Oh, this email. Okay. Yeah. But that's the problem. Right. And so I noticed that and I'm trying to use that information and change my habits and set my phone over there so that I can focus and set some boundaries around some things.
0: I mean, it's the whole reason like I'm so into, although I don't practice it, like meditation and Buddhist philosophy is like, that's their whole shtick. That's their whole thing is that like your mind is clouded, and it's turbulent, and it's noisy. And it's they call it monkey minds, (laughs) jumping arounds. And they're just trying to tame it. You know, they're trying to just get back onto focusing. It's nothing crazy. It's just focusing on what you're doing. Right. So if they're washing dishes, then you're washing the dishes and you're not thinking about what you got to do later and what you did before and
1: well see, i think washing dishes is the best time to just think about all (laughs) this
0: i'll just veg out yeah right yeah
1: you're just going over all the things in your mind for me it's like zone out time okay
0: that's funny because when i do the dishes like i'm concentrating on just like washing them your
1: dishes must be very clean (laughs)
0: <laughs> we go through so many. I mean, we're home all the time. Everybody's eating. I
1: know. I know. It's we, like we
0: have a non every day is a full dishwasher plus dishes to yeah, wash.
1: Same. I just bought a new every set day. of silverware just because we keep running out of silverware. It's ridiculous.
0: It's crazy. It's I know. All right. Walking contradiction and just paradoxes left and right here.
1: It's interesting. I feel like I'll notice them even more now that we talked about it.
0: I think I will too. I, I think we've talked about a lot of these before. Like the harder you push, the harder it feels to achieve something. Like mm-hmm. it's just everything like works in reverse.
1: Well, and the power that comes with doing something and being detached from the outcome, like in business, like you've talked about yes. the phone call, the sales phone calls, and like how much it, Mint every time you pick uh, up the phone way back. Right. And just imagine how much more enjoyable that could have been if you just, you're just going to make that call. Yeah. Who knows what happens?
0: Exactly. Whether I get it or, or I don't get it. In the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's kind of that whole concept of life of like, nothing's a big deal. Like we think Ugh. of everything is such a big deal. Yeah. And then when you go through things that feel like a real big deal, like a death in the family or a pet or like mm-hmm. sickness or even that, you can start to realize this is just part, like everybody goes through this. and Not that it's not going to be emotionally taxing and things could be even devastating. But ultimately, when you go back to look at it, you're like, it's really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff I worry about from day to day, none of it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, and it's so hard to think that because, like you said, like a death in the family or something. Sure, it's emotional, it's impactful, it's all these things. But then you step back and you are like, business kept going, the world kept
0: life driving, keeps going on, the world kept driving mm-hmm. to work.
1: Like what actually changed except this person's absence? Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's
0: it is weird because
1: we we do think. And we like to think that all our little actions all throughout the day matter. We want to matter. But then do we really? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I agree. And not to get too deep with all this, but like, do you ever have the feeling when you think about your own mortality? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like in a split moment, like I'm really okay with it. I'm like, if I was just gone, it's not that big a deal. Like uh, other people are gone and... Life went on and billions of people have died over right. the course of time. And everybody will die. We know this for a fact, right? We all know. And it's not, mm-hmm. why is it so bad? Like, why is it so scary? Like, well, sometimes I get that little inclination where it's not scary. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's not that big a deal. So just have fun with, it. like you said, like, have fun. Like, start dancing. live your, Live your life like a dance, you know? Like, mm. it's hard, though. It's very difficult because I think it's this inherent... What do they call it? Like an existential angst. You just feel like this pending doom. Death is like looming over you. and
1: Yeah, there's this constant fear. But why live almost in paranoia? Yeah. Like, why not just enjoy your time here? Like, no matter how long it's going to be. And
0: the people that are most happy in this world are usually the people that are least afraid of dying. Hmm. The people that are like paranoid of death they can't live a joyful life because they're paranoid of dying all the time, right? Right. Constantly trying to protect themselves. and
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking like, is your fear increased because you haven't done enough yet? Mm. Like you still feel like you need to do things or you're not...
0: Living the life you're supposed to be living or...
1: Yeah. Or like maybe you didn't set up your will. So you're like scared to die because you're like, well, yeah, everybody's going to be up a creek if I don't get this paperwork done or yeah. or is it even that logical is it just you don't like the unknown and you're just afraid of
0: well i think it's that story i mentioned in one of the other podcasts from tim ferris where he talks about the attorney that's working like these round the clock shifts and he's sleeping under his desk and he's hating life and hating life and he's got this vacation plan to go to brazil mm-hmm. to do this like i think it's called like a not a windsurfing but like Hand gliding.
1: Yes, hand gliding. And so
0: he does this hand gliding thing and trying to make this long story short, he jumps like he runs off this cliff and like every like so much fear and adrenaline, he jumps off and he's now sailing. It's just like blue ocean under him. He's in Brazil on this vacation, having the best time ever. And he goes on this boat and so he winds up, he gets back to his piece of crap job that he hates. And he quits. Again, long story short, moves down to Brazil, starts this adventure company, takes people out on these adventures that he was, Mm. you know, he meets some girl from Brazil, falls in love, the whole thing. And then he meets all these people on this tour that are from like the States and that are attorneys like he was. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh man, you know, I wish I could do what you do. I just, you know, there's no way I can give up the life I have and the job I have. Mm. So he's meeting himself like in it from his past. Yeah. Over and over again, because there's people going on these vacations, and they hate their lives, but they'll...
1: And none of them will take the leap that he did and just leave and change course.
0: Yeah. Oh, and the essential part of that story was that he was used to be really afraid of flying when he was the attorney. Mm-hmm. And now that he's doing what he wants to do, he can sleep in like the worse turbulence like a baby on the plane. Yeah. So he's not afraid. You're
1: not afraid you were
0: afraid of dying. Right. So when you're doing stuff you don't want to do, if you're living a life that you don't want to be living, you're more afraid to die. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're just living a great life and you're you know enjoying every day, you're not afraid of dying because you're living the way you want to live. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Like I'm just restating in a story what you just said.
1: No, that's exactly because yeah. your life is so in alignment with what you want and the feelings that you want to have so what is there to be afraid that of? if
0: you died tomorrow there's nothing to regret there's nothing to everything was great yeah. right that's awesome i know yeah <laughs> right <laughs> thanks everybody for listening that was walking contradiction and follow us at unlearningproject.org And we're on all the major podcast platforms. And
1: yes, live everywhere you listen to podcasts. And then on Instagram at unlearning underscore project.
0: Excellent. All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Virginia.
1: Thank you. Yeah. See everybody in two weeks.